All right, open your Bibles to Matthew chapter 24. Matthew chapter 24. I want to start with a reading of verse 36 and 37. I'll title this lesson tonight, Do We See Our Signs? Do We See Our Signs? We're going to talk eventually uh, about some things that's going on and, uh, in the Middle East and uh, what that should be causing us to do right now as God's people. Uh, Matthew 24, let's read verse 36 and 37. Jesus said, But of that day and hour no one knows, not even the angels of heaven. Listen, so the angels of heaven don't know. I guarantee you that the prophet down the road doesn't, wrote, doesn't know. The evangelist on TV doesn't know. Okay, the angels don't know. But my father only. But as the days of Noah were, he says, but, so that day you can't know, but then he says, but, as the days of Noah were, so also will the coming of the Son of Man uh, be. Let's pray. Father, help us tonight, and Lord, we have um, so much to think about in regards to what we see uh, taking place with your nation, Israel. Uh, we again, Lord, we lift our hearts in unison tonight for your chosen nation upon this earth. And we know that you have chosen that place, that geographical place here upon this earth uh, to preserve it for a reason and for a purpose. Not just for the people alone, but also for the land, Lord, because one day Jesus will sit in that place. And that's what this is really all about. And so help us to remember that, and help us to pray for your people, and help us to look for the coming of Jesus, when one day he will sit upon the throne of David in Jerusalem. In Jesus' name we pray, and amen. All right, Jesus tells us here very clearly, and I think all of us here tonight would, would understand this, that we do not know uh, the day or hour of his coming. But at the same time, uh, Jesus did teach us that we could know just simply that it's getting close. Look what he says in Matthew 24 and verse 33. He says, So you also, when you see all these things, know that it is near and at the doors. So Jesus said, You don't know the day or the hour. But you can know by some of these things he mentions in chapter 24, you can know what's getting close. And I realize that Christians for 2,000 years have said, well, the coming of the Lord is close, it is near. Uh, but I do believe as we see things unfolding before us, it's close. It is so close to the coming of the Lord. So we can know that it is near. And so we should see the signs of His coming, some of the things that He spoke about. And we're not going to delve into all of what is here in this chapter, but just really focus on a few things that I think uh, that really drawn my attention because of what's happening in the Middle East. But the coming of the Lord itself should not catch us off guard 
as a thief in the night. Sometimes we say, well, the coming of the Lord is going to be like a thief in the night. Well, to most of the world, that's the way it's going to be. But we're actually taught that it shouldn't be like a thief to us. A thief catches you off guard. He's, un, he's unsuspected. You don't, you don't know when he's going to show up. You're not ready for him to show up. Um, but it shouldn't be that way with the coming of the Lord for us. In verse 42, Jesus says, Watch therefore, for you do not know what hour your Lord is coming, but know this, that if the master... So you don't know the hour, right? But know this, if the master of the house had known what hour the thief would come, he would have watched and not allowed his house to be broken into. Therefore, be ready for the coming of the Son of Man. So he's saying... Don't let it catch you as a thief. Be ready. Like one would be ready for a thief. If you knew a thief was coming at a certain time, you would be ready. We don't know the hour, but Jesus tells us to be ready. Um, there's a lot of things about end times I don't understand. A lot of things you don't understand, I'm sure. But one thing is for certain we're taught to be ready at all times. So one, we need to always be ready for the coming of the Lord. Uh, two, I think we can know that it is near. Now, one of the things that Jesus says here that I really um, want to focus on for a little bit tonight is that he tells us that as the days of Noah, so also will the coming of the Son of Man uh, be. Now, one of the things about the days of Noah and the flood is that the people were uh, not heeding the message of Noah. Noah was giving the message of judgment. People were not listening to his message. And they were continuing about life as normal. And that's why Jesus says that they were eating and drinking, uh, you know, giving in marriage until the day that Noah entered the flood. In other words, it was business as usual, and judgment was right there nigh at the door. And, and I think that there's a sense of urgency here given to us as a people of God that when we see as a people of God, it's close to the coming of the Lord. It is near it shouldn't be business as usual. We, we need to see a sense of urgency with the judgment of God that is so close. The coming of Jesus is going to uh, come as a thief in the night to most of the world. People today do not heed the message of Jesus. They don't heed the message of the judgment to come. And in 2 Peter chapter 3, I want to read that, and then we're going to turn back to some more another passage. But in, uh, 2 Peter 3, this whole chapter here speaks much about the coming of the Lord. And in verse uh, 1, start reading there. Behold, I now write to you this second epistle, and both of which I stir up your pure minds by way of reminder, that you may be mindful of the words which were spoken before by the holy prophets and of the commandment of us the apostles of the Lord and Savior, knowing this first, that scoffers will come in the last days, walking according to their own lusts, and saying, where is the promise of His coming? So what? They're doing like the days of Noah. The judgment's not coming. It's not coming. For since the fathers fell asleep, all things continue as they were from the beginning of creation. These that are doubting aren't even doubting creation, but they're doubting the coming of the Lord. For this they willfully forget, that by the word of God the heavens were of old, and the earth standing out of water and in the water, 
by which the world that then existed perished, being flooded with water. But the heavens and the earth which are now preserved by the same word are reserved for fire until the day of judgment and perdition of ungodly men. So here we see Peter makes a connection between the coming of Jesus and the flood of Noah's time when God brought the judgment. People deny the judgment of God then. There, people are denying the judgment of God now that it happened then. And people are denying the judgment of God to come. So there's some similarities there and that people just say, where is the promise of His coming? Judgment isn't coming. All of those things, just like they did in Noah's day. So today is like the day of Noah or the time of Noah in that respect. Men continue as they were Denying the judgment of God, not getting ready for that judgment. Now, so that's a reminder to us. Be ready. Uh, Jesus is coming soon. Now, the second thing I want to bear out is another resemblance of the world at the time of Noah, uh, just before God judged the world. And this was something that uh, was interesting to me this week. Turn to Genesis chapter 6. Without looking it up, I know I talked to somebody today without, without him saying anything, Doug. Uh, Doug had me after church today, and so he, he got a, pre, a prelude on, on the sermon. Uh, but, but without looking, if you could give one word that stands out in your mind about why God judged the earth and what it was he seen, what was it? What was it? No. I've I've heard that, and I believe something about that too. But there was there was a, there's a specific act, sin, huh? Violence. That's what I was looking for. Violence. Yes, violence. Sounds familiar, doesn't it? But we're going we're going to elaborate on that a little bit because this was really really interesting uh, that we found out uh, this week. Um, I love to talk about that sometime too, by the way. <laughs> uh, but that's not what this is about. Genesis chapter 6, verse 11. The earth also was corrupt before God, and the earth was filled with violence. So God looked upon the earth, and indeed it was corrupt. There's another word. For all flesh had corrupted their way on the earth. And God said to Noah, The end of all flesh has come before me, for the earth is filled with violence through them. And behold, I will destroy them with the earth. Now, so what was the earth filled with that, that God had grieved so much, He said, that He was ready to destroy the earth? Violence is one of the prominent things, obviously. Our God does not like violence. Our God is a just God. But justice is not violence. God hates violence. Psalms 11 and verse 5 and 6, I want, you can turn there and read that if you want, but it says, the, the wicked and the one who loves violence, his soul hates. Upon the wicked, he will rain coals, fire and brimstone, and a burning wind shall be the portion of their cup. So the Lord says, the wicked and the one who loves violence, God says, my soul 
hates them. I didn't write that. <laughs> um, so God hates violence. Now, I have personally been amazed at the level of violence that has been committed uh, from Hamas toward the citizens of Israel on October the 7th. Um, seen things that, that are just terrible and chose to not look at things that I knew would be worse. Um, what they did was unspeakable. Their level of violence equals uh, what was done to Israel during the Holocaust. Um, definitely equals it. It's a cruelty beyond our comprehension of what people are doing to people. Uh, to babies, to kids, to elderly. It's just beyond my imagination. We have politicians in America who fail to even condemn the actions of what Hamas did. We're having demonstrations in America of people being anti-Israel and pro-Palestine. Um, there, there's just, I'm amazed at it. I, I really am. But it's no wonder, really, when you think about it for any time, uh, why that many people in the world are not condemning the violence. There is a hatred, one, for Jews. There's a hatred for Jews. And there's a love for violence. And we, have, we see those two things come together in all of this. Here in America, we have seen violence promoted through many means. It is in our entertainment. Our generation has, has, has been, before us, has been totally raised on, on the entertainment of violence. It's promoted in our movies. It's promoted in video games. It's acted out in a mother's womb. That's violence. See, I, I get really upset. You know, I think about what Hamas did, and I think, wow, look at what we do to babies in the womb. That's violence, too. And, and so let's not think, boy, America is void of violence. We, we have it. And we, we could say there's more blood on our hands in America for abortion than there is on Hamas. We have sanctified our violent murder and called it health care. Listen, God hates violence in every form wherever it is found. And He will not acquit that. God will judge that. Now, here though is, is something, I want to say that because I think we need to be against all forms of, of murder and violence like that. Um, and not just get so focused to think that's the only place that it's happening. Uh, but here's something that, that I, I did not realize till this past week. Uh, the word translated violence in Genesis chapter 6 and verse 11 and 13 that we just read, that same word is in Psalm 5 that I just read to you where the God hates the, the violence there, uh, the wicked and him that loves violence. God hates him. Uh, that's the same Hebrew word. Uh, the Hebrew word that's translated violence is, do you know what it is? I know you know, Doug. It's Hamas. 
It's Hamas. That's the Hebrew word that's translated violence. Now, let me say this for clarification. The Arabic meaning for the word Hamas is zeal. Um, the Arabic acronym, uh, which translates to us in English uh, for Hamas, means uh, the Islamic resistance movement. So that's what they see, okay? That's, in other words, they're not saying we're, we're Hamas, we're, we're violence. That's not what they're saying of themselves. They just, they're just trying to bring in Islam and convert the whole world to Islam. But I just find it interesting that the Hebrew word translated violence is Hamas. So no matter what their uh, Arabic meanings or definitions may be and how they use it, I just find that interesting. Um, that's no accident. Um, the word Hamas is found 60 times in the Bible. 60 times. 39 times it's translated violence. Seven times it's violent. Four times it's cruelty. Um, now, I found this interesting. I don't want to read all those passages uh, to you. Uh, but in Genesis 16, it's translated something different, and so it didn't jump out at me at first, but it's the same Hebrew word that's translated violence. Now, it's believed by most, not by all, but believed by most, that the descendants of Ishmael come from Hagar. I believe most people are aware of that. Some people say, well, that's just a Muslim thing. I've been looking at that some. I'm trying to figure it out myself, that they're the ones that promoted that. Um, but I know that a lot of people for many years have believed that you know, the Arabs, the nations, are descendants of, of Ishmael. Ishmael, of course, comes from Hagar. Uh, but if that be the case, and I believe it's very possible, I find this very interesting. Um, in Genesis 16, verse 1, Now Sarai, Abram's wife, had borne him no children, and she had an Egyptian maidservant whose name was Hagar. So Sarai said to Abram, See now the Lord has restrained me from bearing children. Please go in to my maid. Perhaps I shall obtain children by her. And Abram heeded the voice of Sarai. And Sarai uh, Abram's wife took Hagar, her maid, that the Egyptian, and gave her to her husband, Abram, to be his wife, after Abram had dwelt ten years in the land of Canaan. So he went in to Hagar, and she conceived, and when she saw that she had conceived, her mistress became despised in her eyes. So then Sarai said to Abram, My wrong be upon you. I, <laughs> I gave my maid into your embrace, and when she saw that she had conceived, I became despised in her eyes, the Lord judged between you and me. And so, if this be the case, and I believe it is, that there's been a long descendants of Ishmael, there's been a, there's been a, a fight between the descendants of, of Ishmael and Isaac for many, many centuries, as I believe it is. But here, here's what I think is interesting, is that the word that is translated violent in Hebrew, or in Genesis 6, is the same word that Sarah used when she says, my wrong be upon you. It's the exact same word, Hamas. So, my violence, my violence uh, be upon you. And so I just find it interesting. Those indeed are the descendants. It's just, it's just an interesting connection that, that I made this week in studying out that word. And so again, uh, I find that very uh, interesting. Um, I think you would too.
Now, so, so we should be able to see that all this violence is a wake-up call. It really is. It's a wake-up call. As it was in the days of Noah, so shall it be also in the days of the coming of the Son of Man. And we can spend a lot of time talking about all the violence, not only in the Middle East, but in America itself. All the violence we're seeing rise up here. Uh, and and all, all the turning of events and how people are, are just really, this event has really just taken the, the lid off of the pot, if you would, to reveal the, the hatred that's in America for Jewish people. That anybody at all would would be voicing how pro-Palestinian they are and pro-Hamas they are um, right now with what they've done to the Jews. It's just, hey, listen, even if you believe, even if you believe that the Jews took the land from the Palestinians, even if you believe that, how in the world, how in the world could you possibly justify the actions of Hamas and what they do. Um, it just does not make any sense at all. But this level of violence should reveal to us the coming of the Lord is soon. Now, now next turn to Isaiah 66, if you would. Isaiah 66. Now, we're, caught, we're definitely... A little more familiar with the fulfillment of this passage, uh, but I want to mention more about this in, in, a, in a minute. Isaiah 66 and verse 8 says, Who has heard such a thing? Who has seen such a things? Shall the earth be made to give birth in one day? So what's it talking about, the, 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 the earth giving birth in one day? And then it says, Or shall a nation be born at once? For as soon as Zion was in labor, she gave birth to her children. It's like, bam, it's just saying, bam, it happened so quick. A nation is born at once. Well, when did that happen? Well, that happened in 1948 with the nation of Israel. It was born at, reborn at once. Um, let's see here. Let's read the next two verses. Shall I bring to the time of birth and not cause delivery, says the Lord? Shall I who calls delivery shut the womb, says your God, rejoice with Jerusalem and be glad with her, all you who love her, rejoice for joy with her, all you who mourn for her. It was a great day of rejoicing when, when Israel became a nation. Christians who understood a little bit about the Word of God, they were pretty excited when that happened. And, and we still are. We should still be excited about that because that marks some things. That begins some things in, in God's timetable and His dealings with us. It tells us, one, that the time of the Gentiles is getting real close to being fulfilled. Now, in 1948, as Israel became a nation, it became a nation in a day, and it's significant because much prophecy that's in the Word of God is contingent upon the fact that Israel was a nation or is a nation now because of this war um, another thing that's happening is jews of course are coming together you know they were so divided uh, the nation of israel was so divided before this war i mean between the right and the left I and mean, you think we have our problems they have their problems too it's so divided but but after, oftentimes as tragedy and war does like we see 9-11 due to our country uh, you know it's brought their country together 
not only has it brought their country together, it's making Jews want to go over and fight. Um, Ezekiel 37, I want to read this. Ezekiel 37, 21. Then say to them, Thus says the Lord God, Surely I will take the children of Israel from among the nations wherever they have gone and will gather them from every side and bring them into their own land. And I will make them one nation in the land on the mountains of Israel. And this, this is yet to come to pass, but God is already working. See, when you see a bunch of Jews really wanting to go back to Jerusalem, wanting to go back to Israel, it's telling us something. Because he's, he's working something out. Because this is what's going to happen. I will make them one nation, a land, on the mountains of Israel, and one king shall be king over them. Israel hasn't had a king in a very long time. They're going to get one. God's preparing them for that. And they shall no longer be two nations, nor shall they ever be divided into two kingdoms again. That, that land... It's on that land over there that, that they are fighting over does not belong to the Palestinians. I know a lot of people think that it does. It does not. Uh, no matter how bad they want it, no matter what history may say, no matter if there were more Palestinians there at one time than there were Jews, it does not belong to them. It belongs to Israel by decree of Almighty God who owns the whole earth. And one day, all of it there in verse 22 will be fulfilled when Jesus comes back where? To Jerusalem. You ever wonder uh, why the enemies of Israel want Jerusalem so bad? Listen, this is a satanic attack. It's a satanic attack. Why do they want Jerusalem so bad? Listen, do you, know, do you know, even in this, at one point, Israel agreed to a two-state resolution. But they wouldn't accept it. Do you know why? One of the main top reasons was this, is that the Palestinians wanted Jerusalem. They're not going to give that up. Why will they not give up Jerusalem? They're so willing to have their land divided sometimes and go along to try to make peace that they're willing so oftentimes to have their land divided and divided and divided, and they've given up so much, but they won't give up Jerusalem. Because I believe at their core, they know. They know the Messiah comes to reign in Jerusalem. Now they're still looking for, you know, they, they missed Him coming the first time, okay? But He's going to come back to the same place. I, I believe they're waiting for that. Um... Now, I personally believe, and even based upon this, what, what I've seen and read, uh, you know, so, so many times what I'm hearing some people say and say, well, it's, 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 it's not the Palestinians, it's just Hamas. That is not true. That is not true. Um, the Palestinian Authority sent out a uh, declaration, okay, uh, this past week. I don't have time to read it all to you, but this is from the Palestinian Authority. Listen, Palestinians were rejoicing in the streets 
after Hamas went in and did what they did. Matter of fact, Hamas allowed citizens to come over and to do things to the Jews. Um, Palestinian authority pays Hamas terrorists pension checks if they kill Jews. Okay, Anyhow, um, so it's not the poor Palestinians have... I'm not saying that there's not good people in Palestine. I don't know everybody there, but I'm talking about it as a whole. Okay, uh, there, There's Christians in, in Palestine. There, there's mission works in Palestine. They're underground. Uh, they don't have freedom. Christians don't have freedom there. Uh, but, but, but anyhow... Um, but here is what the Palestinian Authority sent out. I want, I want to make this point that it's about Jerusalem, because this is what they said. Um, there's a lot that they, they, they were, really were inciting violence against Jews, but uh, when you read the whole thing. But they said this, and I quote, Our Palestinian people, despite the pain and tragedies, cannot raise a white flag until the occupation is removed. Now the occupation removed is not them talking about Israel coming or being in Gaza right now. Okay, that's not what that's about. And you can figure that out when you read on. He said, until the occupation is removed and the independent Palestinian state is established with Jerusalem as its capital. I mean, that's what they said this week. It's about Jerusalem, folks. That's what it's all about. The Palestinians want Jerusalem and they see Hamas as a way to get it. They don't want to look bloody they don't want to look bloody, but they're willing to pay for blood to be, to be shed. And they support Hamas. Um, and then they further said this, and, and really their, their true colors are coming out to a lot of people. And also a, a reference from the Sharia among the anti-Semitic Hadith inciting the murder of Jews. They said this, um, The hour, not quote, The hour will not come until the Muslims fight the Jews and the Muslims kill them until the Jew hides behind the stones and the trees and the stones of the trees. Say, O Muslim, O servant of Allah, this is a Jew behind me. Come and kill him. This is spiritual warfare. It's a spiritual warfare. Listen, Satan wants Jerusalem. He wants Jerusalem. Um, and something to keep in mind, one day he's going to sit in that spot declaring that he is God. So... I don't know how all this is going to go right now. I don't know how it's all going to play out in the next near future. But I know that one thing is certain. Jesus is coming soon. <laughs> it's close. It's near. I don't know the day or the hour. But I, I believe this all in my heart. If I live to be a normal age, you know, 70, 80, 90, I'm going to say 90. I believe, I'm going to be, I believe the coming of the Lord will be here. I believe that all of my heart. Now, let's move on here. There's a couple more things. because I, I found some other things that were interesting this week. So, so we know Satan would no doubt uh, want Jerusalem. Why? He's always about stopping Jesus. Jesus is going to sit on the throne one day. That's where he wants to sit. He said, what? I will be like the Most High. He knows the Most High, Jesus, is supposed to sit on the throne of Jerusalem and throne in Jerusalem. So he says, I'm going to do it. It's about Jerusalem, folks. Now, regarding the Palestinians, I found this very interesting uh, today. Palestine, the word Palestine derives from the word Philistia. 
Philistia is a name given in the Bible to the land of Philistines. Uh, now, I'm not saying that all Palestinians are, are descendants of the Philistines. I, I don't think that would be correct with what I could find out this week. But, but where they reside, where Palestine is, is in Philistia. Gaza, Gaza was home to the Philistines. That's where, that was their home. Um, Philistia encompassed uh, Gaza, uh, Ashdod, Ashkelon, Ekron, and another one you might be a little more familiar with, Gath. You know, who was from Gath? Goliath was from Gath. Um, and so I just, I just find all those connections interesting. I'm saying this is an old war, <laughs> and it's coming to a head. And the Word of God does not have too many good things to say about Philistia. Now, now we're seeing right now things ramp up. Uh, turn to Joel, if you would. Joel. But we're seeing things ramp up now, not only in Gaza there uh, with Hamas and, and in Gaza, but we're seeing things from the north in, in Lebanon. And I, I believe, I believe we're, it's going to be full-blown war here pretty soon. I wouldn't surprise me if this week if... They'll be in full-blown war with Lebanon. Uh, we got things happening in Iraq and Iran. I mean, all the nations around about Israel are coming against them. We, we see this. I return to Joel um, because I learned some more things this week. It's amazing, it's amazing what you learn when you study the Bible. Uh, Joel 12. Or Joel, are you turning to chapter 12? Shame on you. Joel 3. <laughs> There's no chapter 12, Russ. Uh, <laughs> uh, Joel chapter 3, listen. And behold, in those days, usually when it says in those days, it's a significant time, of course, and, and when you read the context, it tells you what those days are. And at that time, when I bring back the captives of Judah and Jerusalem, I will also gather all nations and bring them down to the valley of Jehoshaphat, and I will enter into judgment with them there on account of my people, my heritage Israel. Listen, God is going to ultimately defend His people. It's going to happen. Whom they have scattered among the nations, they have also divided up whose land? God said, my land. We're talking about it's Israel's land. Well, yeah and no. It's God's land. God's taking it very personal. He says, they have cast lots for my people, have given a boy as payment for a harlot, and sold a girl for wine that they may drink. Verse 4, Indeed, what have you to do with me, O Tyre and Sidon, and all the coasts of Philistia? Will you retaliate against me? But if you retaliate against me swiftly and speedily, I will return your retaliation upon your own head. And, and so here's another thing. Uh, Tyre and Sidon, do you know where that's at? It's in Lebanon. <laughs> and so you got the south, you got Philistia there with Gaza, you got uh, Tyre and Sidon are in Lebanon. Um, listen, they, what's, and again, this is about land, so much of it. It's hatred for the Jews. Now, I believe there's a reason for Israel becoming a nation so quickly in 1948, a reason why the nations are turned on Israel, a reason that the people of Gaza, the land of Philistia, are 
committing great acts of violence, a reason why we see the north, Lebanon turning upon them, and Syria, and, and Iraq, and all of that. Um, everything's getting ready for the coming of Jesus Christ. I really believe that. The, the coming is near. And when He finally sits on the throne in Jerusalem, it's, it's coming to a head. Israel will have all of her land one day, and it will be God's land ultimately. He will rule and reign there and it will no longer be divided. I mean, God says they have divided up my land. It will no longer be divided. Um, now, what I want to bear for you, or show you just real quickly for the sake of time, um, Aaron, if you don't mind, bring that map up, if you would, please. Um, what we see today in regards to the nation of Israel, it is so, so tiny, what you see in maps today. Uh, I, I don't have a pointer, but hopefully you, you can tell here uh, you can see the red. See the red line. Okay, you see the red line. It takes in uh, part of Egypt over in Saudi Arabia, half of Iraq, almost all the way over to Baghdad, uh, and then all the way most of Syria. Um, that's the promise to Abraham. That belongs to Israel. That belongs to God. When you study out the Word of God, you find this is what God promised. Listen, when Jesus Christ sits on His throne. That's going to be the reign. Not, not, not want to say the reign, but that's going to be what Israel has. Um, now, some maps actually gave it more. I just wasn't confident enough to believe that with what I'd seen. Um, some took it all the way to the bottom. That's the Red Sea on the left there, um, but and took it all the way across where it actually covered by all of Saudi Arabia. I, I'm not for certain about that. But it's, it's at least this. So even part of Egypt there that you see. Um, but, but anyhow, uh, <laughs> we, uh, now I'm not saying Israel needs to rise up right now and fight all these nations and try to take it. I, I'm not saying they should do that. Uh, but I'm certain of this, that <laughs> they're going to get it one day. They're going to go through a lot before they get it. And all those nations around them that own their land, they're going, they're going to come against them. And, um, and so when we see all these things taking place, I, I'm, like Jesus said, look up, your redemption draws nigh. I mean, he, he tells us when we see these things happening, we need to look up. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to close out with, with um, I'll let you ask a question if you want, Heather. Um, I'll tell you, you're really wanting to say something. <laughs> um, but uh, let's, let's close with a word of prayer. And then uh, if anybody want to have questions or whatever, we'll just close like that, close the word of prayer. And, and I think they're still going on over there for a little while. And so if we want to fellowship and have some questions and stuff, I will answer questions afterwards uh, the best I can. Okay, we'll do that. Father, we pray for your nation Israel again. And, and, and Lord, I pray for all the people that have had so much violence committed against them, uh, Lord, in your land there. And um, uh, Father, I pray, Lord, that you would be with the nation of Israel, that you would help them, Lord, to have victory over their enemies. But more importantly, Lord, that they'd have victory Lord, over the greatest enemy, which is death. And Lord, that they would come to see Jesus Christ as Lord and as Savior. And I know that Your Word teaches that, that one day You are going to save all of Israel. So You shall always have a remnant. You shall always have a people there because You have a people in the end that you, where You're going to save all of them that are there. But Lord, I also know that they're going to go through some terrible times where many of them will die. And... Uh, but, but Lord, I just pray for their redemption. I pray for their salvation. And uh, Lord, I just pray.
pray that we here at New Testament Baptist Church would always stand by your nation. But Lord, we be reminded of these things and that we see and that we, Lord, that we would be looking for the coming of Christ. We'd be ready for the coming of Christ. That we would see that it is nigh. It is near. I don't know the day or the hour, but it is close. And help us to live like that and tell others about the coming of Jesus, whether they believe us or not. And we pray in Jesus' name, and amen.